0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Central Church of Christ podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Just as a heads up, we are holding in-person services every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Also, if you'd like to join us for a to-go meal, we are serving those every Wednesday through our Bread of Life Cafe at 5.30 p.m. If you'd like to get more connected to our church, feel free to email centralchurchone at gmail.com or call us at 513 481 Five eight two zero. We look forward to hearing from you. And now, let's get back to the podcast. From the ring that uh, Tyler gave to us, uh, we're going to look at some verses and uh, be able to, I hope, have a better handle, or at least be reminded of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Because I think. If I'm looking at a theme that I want to stress, out of these verses, it's, it's all about serving in the name of Jesus. And it's important to realize that with the idea of serving goes in the name of Jesus. And don't misunderstand me, I think there are a lot of great projects that we can serve in. For example, I'm a believer in our civic clubs that we have. We have all kinds of them. And I admire people who give a portion of their lives to serving there, but that is not to stress the life of Jesus. Now, a lot of people who believe in serving the Lord belong to that organization or whatever it might be, but it's not the same as doing it in the name of Jesus. And I admire those people who, when they do something for someone else, they emphasize I'm doing this because I love Jesus. And it's often a way of being able to have a connection with that person under those conditions. But to me, the key is serving in the name of Jesus. And I think we see in these verses some curiosity about who Jesus is. I think we see in these verses Jesus predicting the future for himself, especially the next several days. And so I think as a result, we have an understanding of why Jesus came to this earth and what our responsibilities are in serving him. If we could just go back a a little bit in terms of, by the way, if you have your Bibles with you, you might want to just read along with me as as I look at some of these verses. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. And they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with the request sir they said we would like to see jesus and philip went to andrew and andrew and philip in turn told jesus now i I think Philip probably was a greek so he went to andrew and then he and andrew went to jesus now it kind of reminds me of what we did in class this morning you know zacchaeus wanted to see jesus and that's kind of like it is here i think probably for different reasons maybe but nevertheless Jesus was a celebrity. Jesus was, was, was known for his miracles, for the things that he did. And, and so here was someone who wanted to see him, wanted to meet him. And I think we've all had those kinds of experiences. You may have a friend that we admire, and we, we never met that person, and we say, do you mind introducing me to him? I'd like to know who he is. And I, I think there's something to that effect in, this particular, in these particular verses. And then Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now notice, here's, here's kind of the heart of what I want to stress this morning, is the whole idea of service. And, and, and these verses, I think, portray that in a, in a very dramatic and a very vivid way. You know, this particular uh, passage of these verses remind me of what, uh, what effect Jesus had on people. But you know what he did so much of the time, I think, was to use visual aids. I can see him picking up kernel of wheat and then kind of rubbing it like like this as he explained to them that the seed, the, the, the dying must die and, and and way relates to that because he's talking about what he's talking about his own death. is He's talking about what's going to happen to him in a few days. Uh, you, you think about uh, the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. I can't help but think that there were some times where he would have a rock maybe and he would use a rock to help him with... Uh, the, the rock part of that story or the, those verses I, I think there are many times when Jesus would look around and he would see something that reminded him and he would use that as and to me here's a good example of that I just see him with his hands see him with the, the wheat it, to me it's, it's a very vivid picture for us now the man who loves his life will lose it while the man who hates his life and this world will keep it. Now that verse can be distressing, to hate yourself. But in my opinion, I think there's some hyperbole in this particular statement. Because I think when we look at at what the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. So we've gotta be aware of ourselves and be able to take care of ourselves and be able to respect what God has given to us in our bodies but I I think he uses hyperbole a lot remember the camel and and there there are all kinds of pictures like this and so for me it makes better sense to have it in that particular uh, regard now my heart is troubled and what shall I say father save me from this hour no was, was this for very reason I came to this hour Father, glorify your name. Now, one of the reasons I appreciate this verse so much is it shows us the humanity of Jesus. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to be crucified. I mean, he's a human being. And I think this particular verse says this. How my heart is troubled. Lord, save me from this hour. Do you blame him? I mean, he's the son of God, but he's also jesus of nazareth jesus the carpenter's son jesus probably in a very basic surroundings in terms of material things so he's he's a human and, and he feels like we feel he he understands like we understand and I'm, now don't misunderstand me he's the son of god and, and and i know it's kind of hard to put the two together at times but to me there are places like this that really help me In dealing with that particular part of it and the for this reason I come to this house father glorify your name then a voice came from heaven by the way there's only three times in the New Testament that we have this particular phrase a voice from heaven now they didn't I mean think about what they thought it was looking uh, as you follow the crowd that was there And heard it said it had thundered others said an angel had spoken to him but my the thing I'm certain about is it got their attention this was something that they were going to listen to and to me that's significant Jesus said this voice was for your benefit not mine now is the time for judgment on this world now the prince of this world will be driven out but I when I am lifted up from earth will draw all men to myself he said this to show the kind of death he was going to die now back to earlier verse Jesus said My heart is troubled and what shall I say? Father save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason. I came to this hour father Glorify your name Now we see this word in other parts of of scripture But I think for us here this is part of what he is referring to The rest of that week he's going to be crucified. He's going to die a terrible death But just like the seed, we must die to sin. Jesus raises us from the watery grave of baptism to live a new life. And his sacrifice on the cross is part of that glory. In fact, one might say, I think, that to glorify God and to glorify us in terms of what we are to become, it's sacrificial love. And so, when we see Jesus on the cross, we see the glory of God exhibited in that particular fashion. And I think that's important for us to uh, recognize. Uh, I I love uh, Psalms 19, verse 1: "The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork." If if you want to get a handle on what "glorify" can mean, think about the heavens. We used to live in Bloomington, Illinois, and there the land is so flat. It's so flat. You could probably eat off the ground and never spill a drop from your glass because it's just flat. And when you look up, thank you, David. I appreciate your help. When you look up, there's more sky. Like we had been living in... Uh, in North Carolina, and, and, and we lived in the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains. And to go from the mountains to this flat, I thought, I've never seen so much sky. You know, every, you know it was just kind of, it was there, and you couldn't resist. I have been uh, reading some about our solar system and about what's, uh, what is above us. In, in, uh, and I did not realize we have a, a space space, uh, it's mainly a way of examining what's out there and taking photos, but it's called Voyager 1. And that gives you a clue of how huge our system is that we are a part of. That Voyager has been traveling at 38,000 miles an hour for 44 years. And on October 1st, two days ago, it was 44 years and 16 days at 38,000 miles an hour. Just, I mean, you just really can't imagine. I can't put my mind around that. And do you realize that thus far, they've discovered over six billion billion earth-like planets the heavens declare the glory of God And, and what a marvelous way of seeing that by just looking up and 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 the and we can't even begin to imagine how far away this Creation exists. Now, the, the thing I want to, to stress is that which we found back in verses 23 uh, 23 through 26 and I have it again for us to, to check on this because I want to talk a little bit about what it means to serve. Now notice, there's some very strong language with this. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. For whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. Now notice, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, several of his stories deal with serving others himself. We, we said about the blind man this morning and, and he, Jesus was, was really serving him. He gave him his sight back. And this was often the situation with what Jesus would do for someone else. He would serve them, help them. Uh, the lady with the issue of blood. I mean, the, the list goes on and on in regard to what Jesus would do. But I think it's important for us to recognize that Jesus not only commanded that we be servants, he also illustrated that concept and he does it in a very specific kind of way I think in these, in these stories. But to me, th- there, there are two stories that, that set aside this specifically. And one uh, deals uh, with, I think it's in Mark chapter, I think we have the verse up here. Uh, I like to think about it as the cup and the towel. If you look uh, in uh, Matthew, what was that verse, I can't. Matthew 10, 38 through 42 I believe it is. And in those verses, even if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you have glorified me. You have given me what I need. Now, a cup of cold water, I mean, that's not that big a deal, is it? But Jesus sees that as a way of serving, whatever that might involve. And and I think from that cup, I don't know why, I I guess it's because that's how we used to uh, get water from a well. We had the pump, but we had a tin cup. And so I think of the tin cup when I think about giving a cup of cold water in my name. But what's what's the the essence of it is the idea of service. But also in John 13, we see uh, another picture of what service is. And and this is one of the most, uh, I think, powerful examples of what I'm talking about in terms of the service and to me it illustrates what Jesus was talking about here in this passage because you have Matthew and here you have uh, John. And let me just read a few verses from that chapter 13. Uh, The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, if you wanna find something that would be as low as you could get in terms of serving someone else, Now they didn't have shoes and socks like I'm wearing today or maybe like you're wearing today. So when they were out, they were walking with sandals or bare feet. And also they didn't have asphalt or concrete sidewalks. It was mainly dirt. And so can you imagine these guys had been out all day, They come in, they sit down, and they're probably feeding. Not only are they filthy, they probably stink. You put that together, the last thing I'd want to do if I were ready to eat dinner would be to wash somebody else's feet. But that's what Jesus did. And he did that to show what? To show to be servants, to be a servant of him. And, and to do it in a way that people know you are a part of following Jesus. And so I like to talk some about what service can involve. And if you'll look at the uh, first of these uh, points that I have on a slide, there are four parts, I think, to service. I think there's the tongue, there are the hands, There are the mind, and there are feelings. Now, the verses I read from John 13, and one of the reasons I wanted to read those verses, is you see Jesus using his hands. And also, I think he's demonstrating some of the others, don't you? I think he's illustrating his feelings. He cares enough about other people that he's willing to wash their dirty, filthy, smelly fish is yes, smelly feet <laughs> uh, I think the words that we use have a lot to do with how people uh, respond to us and are a major part of the service uh, the one thing about words is you don't always know how they're received and that's one of the reasons I think it's best if we can to talk to people one-on-one. I think that's one of the, the downfalls of sermons is that your audience can't respond immediately. Well, I've had that happen a couple of times in my career, but typically that is not the kind of situation that we, uh, that we deal with. But to show you the impact that, that words uh, can have, uh, in some of my uh, presentations, I would tell the story of finding uh, kelsey 's birth parents and uh, it 's a very for me anyway a very emotional experience, but it, it, we, we found both her birth mother and her birth father, and they got to know each other and they got to, to, to be with each other for a period of time uh, and i 've had people i tell that story and Several times I've had people come to me after the speech and say you know because of what you said I'm going to find my birth parents or I'm going to convince my my and then she'll give a relative and that those parents Well words have an impact words can make a difference Now on the other hand and this is something that I think we have to be careful about how do our how do people perceive our words? Uh, some of you know that uh, I do a little piece with the uh, The bent finger Uh, and many of you've heard me go through that part of it and i i will tell that in in a presentation and i was uh, speaking to a group of farmers uh, in springfield illinois many years ago and at the end of the speech i'd done the the little thing with the finger and at the end of my speech there were some people that came came by and there was one man who who just kind of stood in the background he didn't he didn't make any effort to come forward until everyone else was gone. When everyone else had left, he walked up to me and there was a a lectern and he took his right arm and slammed it down on the lectern and he had an artificial uh, arm and shoulder up through this area. He had gotten caught in a corn picker and he didn't say anything, but he let me know. He did not appreciate my making fun of just a little finger when he had The whole arm. So we want to be careful with our words, but as you can uh, see in Romans chapter ten, I believe it is, in verse number eight. Would somebody read that aloud for me, please? But what does it say? The word is near you; it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Okay, thanks, David. But I think it emphasizes point that our words make a huge difference in how people uh, respond to us. And I hope there are, are, we have visitors this morning, I hope that uh, we will use some words to affirm people, let, us, let them know we, we are delighted that you're here, because we are. And one of the ways that we can serve you is by giving you words that hopefully will encourage and perhaps maybe you'll come back or perhaps there's some way we could study with you the, what God's word is all about. And we would be delighted to do that. So the words are number one. Number two uh, is the hands, how we can use our hands to serve. And uh, many of you are able to, we've got some great cooks and chefs in this room right now. Uh, I can see many of you, I've eaten your, your cakes, your, your uh, pies, your, uh, your special meals, and it's been a pleasure, but you're using your hands to be able to do that. Uh, and some of you do this every Wednesday night uh, as you prepare the meal for our uh, uh, cafe, Bread of Life Cafe, and that to me is a, is a wonderful way, I think, that we can use our, our, our hands. Uh, the third thing that we can do is use our minds And I think we we see that in the way people are able to uh, interpret scriptures. Uh, I think some of the devotional books that we have available to us indicate how people use that. I know some of you uh, subscribe to Power For Today and you get that little devotional book that has a devotional for every day of the week and you get them quarterly and they're just some really neat uh, devotionals In it's been around for decades. And it's an example of how people can use their minds to help us understand scripture and what it means to us specifically. I think this is true uh, with uh, some preachers. I think the, the ability to uh, interpret scriptures in order and to motivate us. Uh, I remember hearing Landon Saunders when he was here in a meeting many, many years ago, but he preached From my point of view, the best sermon I've ever heard on baptism, and I can still remember some of the things that he said. He said them in a way I never heard before, even though I'd I'd heard about it all my life. Uh, I regularly listen to a uh, podcast from a minister in uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, Rick Ashley is his name. And I love the way he's able to use words. His ability to put words together is is a gift that I can't imagine. But what's he doing? He's serving the Lord by helping people in unique ways to follow and be able to understand. And the last thing I think is uh, the the idea of feelings. People have to know we care, and we often show that through what? Through our our feelings. Uh, I think about the number of times Jesus would see somebody, and the response would be, he looked at them with compassion with feeling. You know, I don't know what your vision of what Jesus looked like or how he acted, but I, I see him as a very strong person. I mean, obviously what he did with the, uh, the uh, misuse of the front of the temples would, would be enough to convince you of that. But I see him as a kind, as a caring, because that's how he's often described. I think his motivation to heal comes out of his feelings many times. When he sees someone, it's something that's very touching to him. So I think if we can think about our serving the Lord and doing it in his name is an important part of our Christian walk. And maybe there's something this morning, someone this morning that would like uh, prayers on helping you be a better servant or perhaps to develop some of the skills that you know you have, but use them in the name of Jesus. And I think there are people in this room who would be uh, willing and delighted to uh, talk with you, pray with you, and in any way they can help you. And so uh, uh, think about that as we finish our service here now and uh i know uh, david and laura and, and mitzi and uh, marcia and lanita are, are uh, some that chuck and sandy and many others who be just willing to talk to you and and to pray with you and uh to study the bible together so whatever we can do to encourage you we would love uh to be able to uh, to do that Yeah. Look at that.